Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hey, so good to be able to welcome you today. We're in a series looking at the book of James. We've said that this is a book of the Bible that's been um, written by Jesus's younger brother, James, a member of his family, seen him grow up, his perfect brother, who uh, he didn't believe was the son of God. Uh, and yet he finds out later on that he is when Jesus appears to him alive from the dead. And then James goes on to become this incredibly influential leader in the early church in Jerusalem. And he writes out to some people after persecution has come to warn them uh, to be ready for trials, for temptations, for struggles that are going to come as a result of being under pressure but to hold on to God's promises throughout all of those things, that, that God's promises are going to help us under pressure. Um, James is a very challenging book. It's very practical. There's not going to be many bits of it. You're going to baffle about what does that mean. You know, you don't have to dig that deep. It's like Mark Twain apparently once said, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand that give me the trouble. So there's lots that you'll understand. The question then is, what are we going to do about it? And that hits home more than ever in today's reading from James chapter 1. James has been talking about trials, he's been talking about temptations, and now he says this, it's about listening and doing. My dear brothers and sisters, he says, so Christians have now become not just um, some people that he knows, they've become like family to him. That's what we want to get, this connection as family, the family of God. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. God wants to put a word, plant a word in you today, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I believe this is the word of God to us today. And what you're going to do with it will make all the difference. Because he starts off by saying it's not about just hearing today and listening. It's about how we hear. Have you got an open heart as well as open ears? We've got to open our ears to hear what God wants to say to us. That would be my prayer for every one of us today, that we would be quick to listen. I want to be quick to listen. So often I'm very quick to speak very quick to let out my thoughts and air my views. But he says, actually, we should be quick 
to listen, swift to listen to other people and to God as well. So we're quick to listen, but at the same time, slow to speak. The rabbis used to say, two ears have been given to us, but only one mouth. And the tongue is walled in by the teeth, though the ears are open. See, this is the kind of Jewish wisdom that you're gonna find all the way through the book of James because he was writing as a Hebrew to Hebrews. And he's gonna be bringing these very practical and challenging teachings to us. So, question, are you quick to listen? Am I, am I a person who's quick to listen? Are you slow to speak? That doesn't mean that you never speak. It just means that we weigh our words because we recognize that our words have weight. Every one of us has possibility to be able to help or harm situations. I love a thing that was written many years ago by a guy called Alan Redpath. And he, he put the acronym, think before I speak, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If not, check yourself before you wreck yourself or somebody else or destroy a relationship by just wanting to have your say. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Literally, the word there is like slow to bubble up. Like when you get under the heat, you can have a pan and it's just like ready to go anytime. Perhaps in the times in which we're living right now, the pressure that we're under, sometimes it can feel like things are just ready to bubble up and to blow over and to, to blast out to everybody else around us. But he, he says, here's the reason why you, you need to be, we need to be slow to become angry. He says, because the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. And literally the word there is the anger of a man. He's not, he's talking, he didn't, there's a different word he could have used for the anger of men and women, but he's talking about this thing. And I think it is in a lot of us men that just makes us short tempered, short fused and uh, willing to very much excuse ourselves for the fact that, well, that's just the way I am. And uh, actually, we need to be better than that. We need to be the person that God created us to be. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God requires. I remember years ago, Eric Delve that I used to work with, who was like a mentor to me as well as being the first person I ever heard preach the gospel. I worked with him for a few years and after a bit, he said to me, I need to tell you about something. He said, sometimes in meetings, you come across as a bit angry and you need to watch that. And if there's anything that I've heard and I've had to remind myself of over the years, it's been that. That to me is a besetting sin. It's something I have to watch. In my previous church, two guys that I really trust, they got me together and they kind of railroaded me into a conversation and they said to me, you know, maybe it used to work for you in the police to be able to turn on the anger switch to be able to get what you need. Uh, but you need to know you're not going to be able to be the leader that God wants you to be because what's happening is there's times when you just, you let your anger out. In, in, in wrong ways. And uh, I think it's better, but it's still not sorted. This is an area in which I need God's help. I remember going back from that and saying to Zoe, do you know what, this is amazing. They're so kind, M Martin and Glenn just told me this thing and, and told me this thing and, I'm, and, and uh, you know, I'm really gonna have to think about it. And I remember Zoe laughing and then saying, well, she didn't laugh actually, she just said, all these years I've been saying that to you and you've not been listening and they, they say it to you and now you're gonna do something about it. So, the fact is, my anger doesn't bring about what God wants in the end. Well, I might get what I want, but it won't be what God wants. So he says, we've got to get rid. Literally, the word there is like take off 
all moral filth. And it's like dirty clothes that you've been wearing. Take them off. And the evil that is so prevalent, it's like at the moment people are going out in this world that feels a bit contaminated. And, you know, recently I went on to a COVID ward near to one of those to be able to pray for somebody. And um, when I came home, all the clothes were just straight in the washing in, on a hot boil. And I actually ruined some clothes because they were on the wrong temperature. And, and people who are working in these environments know you can be contaminated by proximity to things. So he says, just get rid of stuff that's going to stain you and mess you up and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is planted in you. See, there's a very famous passage that Jesus talks about, the parable of the sower. And he said that a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. What did the good soil produce? It produced a crop. It did something. You could tell something happened. You can tell that the word, the seed went in because something was produced. It produced a crop a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. He who has ear, Jesus said, let him hear. So just because you've got ears doesn't mean that you're hearing. And he goes on to talk about that really clearly. I don't want to be, I wonder sometimes what we can do, maybe the reason he's talked about these tests, these trials we go through is because have you ever been like um, maybe for work or, or on a course and you kind of find out that actually they're never going to test you in it? So, you know, just, this is just a lot of information that you can hear, but there's never going to be a test of it. How engaged are you with that? Well, very often, if you know there's not going to be a test, if you know it's not going to be on the test, we can kind of just close off and zone out. I've done that. But if I know there's a test coming up, then I'm going to prick my ears up. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to make sure that I don't miss it because I know there's going to be a test. So he's been warning us about the tests of life. And he's saying that the word of God, switch on to it because it's going to help you to get through these different tests that you go through. He says, don't deceive yourself just by listening to the word. Do what it says actually do something with it. What did you do with last week's word? Do you remember last week? I talked about the source of temptation. I talked about the seduction of temptation. And I talked about the solution of temptation. Encourage people to pray a prayer and say, Lord, I want you to be the solution and help me to be able to resist temptation and give me that new life and that new birth. Did you do that? I asked people, would you let us know whether you've done that? It's been delightful this week. We've had people emailing in to say, yes, I prayed that prayer. It, this is the result of it. We've had people messaging to say that through the week. If you did that, let us know. We want to rejoice with you and pray about it. But it's also not so I'll know, but so that you will know that you're doing something with the word of God. And every one of us, whether you've been a Christian for years, a Christ follower for years or not, we can't afford to deceive ourselves by thinking that we can just sit through talks anymore and listen to them and, and kind of ponder them, but do nothing about them. James is like, wake up to that. Open your ears. And then he says um, that we need to close our mouths, hold our tongues, watch what we say and control our emotions, watch our anger and take out the rubbish, throw that stuff out 
and do the word, do what the word says. It says, if we don't do those things, then really we're like somebody, you know, the other week I looked and I, and I went, looked in the mirror and I had this incredible, like, hair that had grown out of my nose. It was like, I was like, is that really there? I was looking around, I was trying to see it. It was like, just came out of here. And like, you know, and as I got close, it was like a rhino, basically. I had like a horn growing out of it. And I was like, I tried to, you know, I was like, what can I do with that? And so pull on the thing to get it out. It's like, nobody ever told me things like that would grow out of your face. It was horrible. And it was, it took, it was try a struggle to get rid of it, I have to say. But imagine if I just looked in the mirror and then thought, oh, I've got this rhino hair growing out of my nose. It looks awful. What am I going to do? Oh, well. And then just walked away without having done anything about it. That's the picture he's using. In the Bible times, they wouldn't have had a mirror like we would have had, made of glass. They would have had, like, made out of copper or, or something. They would just look at the reflection and, and, and be able to work out what's working and what's not working. He says, but you'd have to look intently into it, he says, to be able to do that. He says, and, and the word that look, about looking intently, it literally means lean in. Are you leaning in to what God's saying? Into the perfect law? Are you peering into these things? People sometimes say to me, well, how come I can read that passage of the Bible and really it just skims over me and I get nothing out of it? Yeah, and I hear you speak and it's like, you know, you bring a lot of out, out of it. The reason I bring a lot out of it is because I look a lot deeper into it. It's because I lean intently into it. I do some study of it. I pray and I ask God and I read around it and I think, what does that word mean? And how does that apply to me? What's God, God is speaking to me. What are you saying? In the beginning of this Bible, this one that I'm reading, it's my oldest Bible, really, the one that I use the most, I've written in this thing about what I believe the Word of God to be. This is what I believe about the Word of God. I'll read it to you. This is on the first page of this Bible. It says, This book is the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to strengthen you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveller's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Read it with faith, frequently, prayerfully. Follow it, and it will lead to Calvary, to the empty tomb, to the resurrected life in Christ, and yes, to glory itself for eternity. But even before that, on the very first flyleaf in here, I've written these words. It's talking to me. It's talking about me. Yes, of course it was talking to people in James's day. Of course it meant something in history to them. But now this is the living word of God and God wants to talk to me about my life through this. And when I see it like that, it gives me freedom, it says. If I keep on doing that, if I continue to do that, if I don't just forget what I've heard, and that's why I say, take notes, write things down, underline in your Bible. You know, but it isn't just, be, just because I, I colour in the Bible doesn't mean it's actually bringing any new life to my life. It's great to do that, but at the end of the day, it's about not forgetting. The literal word there is abiding in the word, living it through. If we do that, he says, we will be blessed in what we do, not in just hearing. There's no big credit from God by you sitting and listening to another five minutes of me talking. The question is, are you engaging with this? What, what's it making you think? What's it gonna make you do differently as a result of this time with God's word? 
He gives a very practical and quite a stinging accusation to some people who would have thought themselves good people and religious people who were doing all the right things, who were paying their tithes, who were um, uh, going to the services and all those kind of things. He says, listen, you can do all of that, but if anybody considers himself religious and doesn't keep a tight rein on their tongue, if you don't watch your mouth, then watch out. It's like, that's a really good telltale sign. One of the things doctors will do to check out the health of your body, first thing, open your mouth and say, ah, they want to check your tongue. What's coming out of our mouths is reflecting what's going on in our hearts. And he says, if we, if the Bible says another thing about the reign, the reign of God. God says, do not be like the horse or the mule that has no understanding, but has to be uh, restrained by a bit and bridle or it will not come to you. I myself will watch over you with my eye upon you. It's like God saying, I want to personally direct you. I don't want to have to restrain you and stop you. Restrain your tongue. Think about your words before you speak to them and then receive God's words and let them change you from the inside out. And then he says, the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, two things. To look after orphans, or literally fatherless, and widows in their distress. Now, you think, well, that's interesting. Why would he, out of all the things that we could do, why would he pick those things? I'll tell you why. Because, it, because it, 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 it's going to cost us to do that. In terms of compassion, yes. In terms of empathy, yes. But actually, in terms of time. There's, there's all kinds of things that, that we could do. But to, to care for other people costs me the, probably the most important thing that I've got, which is my time to be able to go out of my way to be able to help other people and, and to empathise with them and to step in and do what I can to be able to care for those people. God says that's what really matters most to him, to take care of other people is like number one for God. And then secondly, he says to keep oneself from being polluted or spotted or, or stained by the world. And again, that was the thing when you go into these uh, wards where they've got hygiene control in place and they have all of the gloves and all of the gowns and all of the masks and all those things. They recognise that there's stuff out in the world there. Maybe you can't even see it, but it's going to spoil you. It's going to stain you. And he says, keep yourself from those things. Be aware of what you look at. Be aware of what you listen to. Be aware of the company that you keep and, and be aware that all these things can pollute us if we're not careful. There's an old phrase for that. You've probably heard it before. Be in the world, but not of the world. And both matter. We want to be in the world. There's so many things that Ivy people are involved in right now in the world. There's lists of things that I, I just asked for a, a sample of a few of the lists of the things that Ivy people have got involved with to be able to make a difference, not just in this, well, it's an ongoing thing, but, but especially in this crisis. And this was just the ones that we know about. And you, I'm sure in different sites in different ways could add to them. And, and many of these things, I'm not talking about the staff team doing them, although we're doing our best. We're on about the people of God, being the people of God in the world. But also, as well as that, We've got incredible people who are praying, who are asking God, Lord, would you change this situation? Stepping above the earthly reality and seeing what God's doing in a heavenly 
realities and praying, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. We don't want to just be ruled by the spirit of the age and by the principalities and powers and all of those things that are down here, Lord. We want to see above that and we want to pray, kingdom come, let your kingdom come here on heaven, in, here, here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and we want to be doing that too. We, don't want to, we want to be in the world, but not of the world so we can affect the world, so that we can change the world for Jesus Christ. And th- so many of these things are things that you could be involved with too. Because we don't want you to just be doers, uh, to be, just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. We want to do something about it. What are you going to do about what you've heard today? Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.